Hello, hello, hello. I'm Leah, and this is Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. Okay, I kind of alluded to this episode idea, I want to say like two episodes back or maybe one episode back. Full disclosure, it's a shady episode. It's a shady roasting episode. So if that's not your cup of tea, I'm sorry. This episode probably won't be up your alley. But let's be real, who doesn't like some shade? In today's episode, I am going to talk about all of the series, fandoms, etc. that I never have and never will be a part of. I have no interest in. And I kept this exclusively to Netflix. They are all series on Netflix. Series, series is, series, I don't know the plural for that, but they're all television shows on Netflix. And I'm not just gonna be a shady shandy. I have some delicious coffee to talk about. I am absolutely shook. This is probably the best coffee I've tried in a very long time. And they've got some really, really fun flavors. So I'm excited to talk about that as well. So let's roll the sirens and get into it. Friendly reminder that this is an explicit podcast. Let's read that definition off, shall we? Stated clearly and in detail, leaving no room for confusion or doubt. That is not exactly what, oh, that's the adjective, a noun. I think a noun is what we're looking for, an explicit person, place, or thing. Wait, this is describing the thing. This is, the thing is a podcast. The closings words of a text manuscript, which, oh my God, this is not the definition. Hold on. Fully revealed or expressed without vagueness, implication, or ambiguity, leaving no question as to meaning or intent. I guess it's explicit as in like my cuss words leave nothing to implication. I'm not changing the spiel now. Well, here's my definition, Merriam-Webster. This is an F-bomb, see you next Tuesday, heavy duty cuss word podcast. We are caffeinated and we are cussing. And I think I made that explicit. No room for vagueness there. And that means that little ears, those easily offended, and my mom and dad may want to bow out. But if you are here for the explicit rodeo that we call a podcast, enjoy the show. I am so excited about this coffee. It is currently 5.36 in the morning. I'm trying to get this up early. So I got an early start to the day. I woke up at 4.15, I wanna say. I was up very early. I had my Honey Nut Cheerios with strawberries and I brewed this coffee. And I wanna say that my main motivator to get out of bed and start recording was knowing that I would be drinking this coffee. I live in New England and I know it's in New England. It's a local chain of coffee shops. Let me see if it's anywhere else in the country. I definitely don't think it's in the, around the world. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is only in New England, but and however, I am going to see if you can purchase the bags online. Oh my God, you can. Okay, good. So I feel better talking about it. This is Mary Lou's coffee. Now I have always lived in an area where there really isn't a Mary Lou's locally around me. So my first time actually trying Mary Lou's was with this bag of coffee and they have them locally in like Walmarts now, which is so exciting. I'm gonna read off some of these gourmet flavors because the ones I have tried are banana nut bread, which is delicious and you get like hints of banana, but it's not strongly like banana nut bread, which I think I'm pretty okay with. But the one I'm drinking today is Milky Way and holy shit, this is so delicious 
delicious when I hear that coffee has like a chocolate flavor and I'm not talking about like the the beans themselves like that that lingering chocolate flavor no 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 I'm talking about like gourmet flavored coffee this is what I want this is rich it has depth it is creamy even without cream it is so good and it's sweet but not too sweet let me read you off the flavors they have online they have banana nut bread cinnamon hazelnut eggnog flavor Hawaiian chocolate nut hazelnut milky way mocha mint which I did see and they have pumpkin spice their regular flavor which I should probably try <gasps> they have snickadoodle do rocky road toasted almond cream blueberry cinnamon crumble banana nut cream butterscotch holy shit chocolate raspberry truffle cinnamon hazelnut cream creamy Irish delight French vanilla dark roast French roast oh my god I need to okay I need to find a location near me I'm pretty positive they have places pretty close to where I live now but not where I grew up pumpkin spice I already said Hawaiian chocolate nut Kahlua cream milk chocolate almond raspberry strudel uh, a flavor called secret I don't know what that is let's see what secret is this is interesting to me it's going on a little little mission what is this described as what could it be that's what it's described as okay no thank you I'm not a surprise fucking person I don't like surprises like fucking tell me what it is okay they also have strawberry nut cream tiramisu the flavors are endless toasted almond white chocolate chip vanilla hazelnut if you grew up in New England you remember the Mary Lou's commercial the best coffee in town I can't sing let me see what shops they have near me oh yeah they're like all around Boston okay oh yeah they're like South Shore okay all right interesting well I dabble in that neck of the woods from time to time if you grew up in South Shore you're probably fucking sick of Mary Lou's also just a funny side note it just reminds me of how like little people know about Massachusetts because like who cares right so when I was not living in Massachusetts I mostly was just like yeah I'm from Boston and I'm not from Boston, but people that aren't from Massachusetts don't quite understand that, which is fine. Like what else is there to know in fucking Massachusetts, right? But the people who were uh, semi-familiar or who thought they were semi-familiar, it wasn't like anyone that I knew. It was mostly just like clients that I had. They were like, oh, Boston, hey, you from Southie? And I'm like, oh my God. And it's just funny because it's all those like old fucks who maybe rooted for Larry Bird back in the day who were Goodwill hunting fanboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, in reality, I've been to Southie fucking once in my life on accident. I took a wrong turn trying to go to the airport. This coffee is so fucking good. But anyway, it was just funny because years later, I came across this Bill Burr clip that wasn't from recent times, I don't think, but I just have to insert it because it's so fucking relevant. Are you from Southie? No, that's, that's a goodwill hunting question that I've answered <laughs> for 15 years, ever since that movie came out. Do you, are you good at math? Do you like apples? Where are you I, from in Boston? I lived in a, sa- a safe side. Suburbs. Saugus? She said Saugus. Oh my God. Nothing wrong with Saugus though. But anywho, I'm gonna have to take a road trip to try this Mary Lou's hype in person. This is a hype train that I will get on. But if you're curious, I mean, you won't be sorry. Go to the Mary Lou's website, buy a bag. I think they also have K-Cups. So fucking good. And if you're in the New England area, keep a lookout at your local Walmart or other grocers. I have seen it in many locations. All right, let's get on with this. Netflix 
nonsense. So I'm going to skip audio clips for this because I just, I don't have it in me, to be quite honest. I don't care to go through these episodes and look for good audio clips. I feel like that's totally against everything that I said I'm doing. I'm not giving into any hype on this, not even little bits of audio. I want nothing to do with it. But I'm going to start off on a heavy note and just like piss people off right away. I will never and have never watched a single millisecond of Grey's Anatomy. Is it even still on? This is still running, right? Hold on. Let me read this shit. We're starting big, guys. We're hitting the fandom hardcore. <clears throat> the medical drama series focuses on a group of young doctors at Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital. That's a mouthful. Okay, that's what she said. Anyway, who began their careers at the facility as interns. One of the young doctors and the show's namesake, Meredith Gray. I've heard of that. Like every nurse I even kind of know references that name. Okay. Is the daughter of a famous surgeon. Gray struggles to maintain relationships with her colleagues, particularly the hospital's one-time chief of surgery, Richard Weber, due to a pre-existing relationship between them. Weber and Meredith's mother had a personal relationship when Meredith was young. Ew. Are they talking about like a romantic relationship with like her mom's ex-boyfriend? I hope that's not what that is. This aired in 2005? Fucking Christ. It's been going strong. I don't think I realized how long this has been on for. Okay, good for them. The fandom is strong. I mean, do I even need to do an in-depth analysis of this show? If you love it, like fine, you love it. If you don't love it, you can't stand it or the people that are obsessed with it. I feel like it's polarizing. Like I don't want to listen to how much you fucking weeped during Grey's Anatomy. I just don't give a shit. It's a heavy duty drama and I don't live for heavy duty dramas unless I feel really connected to the storyline. And this just seems like it's corny, like overly romantic bullshit. I think The Crown is probably the most recent heavy duty drama I have enjoyed because the time period. I love that time period in film and television, but I feel like that doesn't even have a fandom. We're not rambling on to anyone who will listen on the fucking internet about how much we weep during the season finale of The Crown. I know the royal family, and when I say the royal family, I mean Meghan Markle. I know she has a fandom. I don't think anyone else really gives a shit about that crusty, dusty ass family. I wonder if The Crown has a fandom though, like the show itself. I don't care about the actual people. I care about the story. I'm checking TikTok. That's like the ultimate place for fandom, right? I need to see this. Hold on. Can you imagine? I think I've mentioned before how heavy I'm into Twitalk, which is Twilight fandom, and I fucking love trolling everyone with it. Twilight is so awful. It's it's like a masterpiece. That's how bad it is. That's the glory. That's the troll. I shouldn't have to explain it, and I'm not doing it again, but there's your proof. I'm trolling with Twilight, even though I actually low-key really love it. That was like my middle school slash high school experience. Okay, let's see if the ground has a fandom, then see if Grays has like a Grays talk. Okay, if I'm rating the fandom, which I have decided to do, I'll give the crown a three out of 10. There's a few, there's like bits and pieces of people fanning out on here, but it's really not that deep. Okay, let's look at Grey's Anatomy. Oh wow, this is serious. People are making, oh my God, notebook sketches as if they are in medical school. What the fuck is going on? Oh wow, the acting is even worse than I imagined. Ew, I just unwillingly had to watch a few clips via TikTok and the acting is way worse than I imagined, holy shit. Oh yeah, there's romance, all right. Oh yeah, who's a McSteamy? McDreamy, McSteamy? That sounds like a McDonald's special, that's disgusting. 
disgusting. Why did I think that was a different show? This shit is the wild fucking west out here on Grey's Talk. I think I'll call it that. It's not quite Twi Talk level or Shrek Talk, which I highly recommend. Me and my friends will just send each other fucking Shrek TikToks back and forth. It's glorious. And all the other weird shit that's on our For You page that makes absolutely no sense. I don't even like, I don't understand who they think I am, what the algorithm thinks I am sitting behind the phone. Maybe they do know. Maybe they do have me figured out. I love that shit. Anyway, uh, the Grey's fandom, I will give a seven out of 10 and I will not ever be watching this show. And the small bits I've seen on TikTok makes me double down on that stance. No, thank you. The next one is another fandom we will take a look at because now I'm heavily invested into TikTok fandoms that I won't get into. I want to see what I will always miss out on. And that is the new Sabrina series that I don't know the full name for and I don't care. I think it's like chilling with Sabrina or something stupid like that. But let's read this description. This adaptation of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Tale is a dark coming of age story that traffics in horror and the occult. Sounds right up my alley, but it's just not. In the reimagined origin story, Sabrina Spellman wrestles to reconcile her dual nature, half witch, half mortal, while standing against the evil forces that threaten her, her family, including aunts Hilda and Zelda, great names by the way, and the daylight world humans inhabit. Kiernan Shipka from Mad Men leads the cast in the titular, titular, <laughs> role of the show that is based on a comic book series of the same name. This is a big one, guys. I know everyone who knows me would think that this show is perfect for me. And I was so excited for it. And this one's kind of a cheat. This one, I actually did try a few episodes. I was invested in liking it. I really did want to love it. The aesthetic was wonderful. If I'm remembering correctly, the score and music was pretty good as well. I think Kiernan Shipka is a great actress. I actually really loved her in The Black Coat's Daughter, which I talked about a long time ago in one of my Halloween episodes. It's a spooky psychological thriller, kind of a slow burn. It's very, very good. But I feel like Sabrina is, dare I say, overrated. It's very slow and very boring to me. And that's okay. Like, I don't mind if it's slow, but I have to get some gratification from it. You know what I'm saying? I can handle some shows or films that are slow, but honestly, I just, this was just such a bore. I also thought it was very cheesy and the storyline I just couldn't get into. It seems like it's just a regurgitation of every supernatural show in existence. It's a cliche teeny bopper show, which is fine. Like, dude, I watch fucking Degrassi. I have no place to judge. From what I know, well, maybe not, but let me check. But I believe these are writers from Riverdale. So, I mean, we know how I feel about Riverdale. Yeah, it's the same writers if what I'm reading is correct. So, I mean, trash. What can we expect? from that. All right, let's see this fandom. I feel like this is going to be a crazy one. I feel like the fans are going to go insane. All right, let's take a look. Oh my God, there is a Karen on here claiming she has to rebuke Satan. Oh, we have an anti-fandom on our hands, folks. Hold up. Is Karen coming from my gig here? Hold on now, Karen. Let's slow it fucking down. Talking about Netflix shit with a Jesus spin. That's an untapped market. But let's look at the actual fandom for Sabrina. Oh yeah, this is hardcore like I thought. There's like fan trailers, lots of cool facts about Sabrina. Oh, they talk about the Statue of Baphomet. <gasps> what? The Church of Satan sued? Good for them, bro. They have a great documentary on Hulu. I can't remember if I talked about this. I, I just kind of go off on a tangent and I don't quite remember. I only listened to the episode back once because like 
dude, I sit here and listen to my voice all day. If you are open-minded on Hulu, I forget the name of the documentary. Hold on, let me look it up because it is so good. I just put it on one day just to clean and I was blown away. It is so good. I think it's called Hail Satan with a question mark. Yeah, Hail Satan question mark. And it's on Hulu, I believe. I don't know if it was taken off. I watched this years ago. Even if you find yourself religious, I think it's a very interesting documentary to watch just to get some perspective. It's not gonna convert you to Satanism. Basically though, the Church of Satan is the church of ultimate trolling. Oh, speaking of, don't think I missed that line Sabrina said, what was it? Get the heaven out of here. Stop. That's why I'm not watching. That fucking corny line right there. No, thank you. Next. I feel like this next series is kind of obscure. Nevertheless, I'm still not watching it. It's called Episodes and it's all about Matt LeBlanc starring as Mont Mont LeBlanc. Oh my God. I'm thinking of Mont Blanc, the fragrance and the $600 pens. Oh my God. Great great cologne though. Mont Blanc Legend Spirit. It smells so yummy. If you like a sweet masculine scent. And now back to Matt LeBlanc who is not nearly as interesting and probably doesn't smell as good. He stars in the comedy series as well Matt LeBlanc. The former Friends actor stars as an actor who was cast in an American version of a couple's British sitcom that is popular overseas. But as the star LeBlanc reworks the show into what turns out to be a terrible cliche causing tension in the couple's marriage. I feel like I read that way off, but you know, what are you gonna do? It's still early. Um, apparently the show has amazing reviews and five seasons, which I did not know. I just saw it, read the description years ago and was like, nah, I'm all good. And before I go into the very basic reason why I really don't want to watch this and not just why I skipped over it, this show seems very beloved. Fans say it's very Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque. That is such a compliment. I, I find that extremely hard to believe. People are also saying it's a great mix between American and British humor. That's really cool. It's supposed to be a whole satire situation. Great. Awesome. There you go. There are your pros. It literally has no one, two or three star reviews on Google. I have very rarely seen that if I have seen it. That's um okay. This bit is something wrong with me. I don't even think you guys want to hear my pathetic reason why I don't want to watch this. It makes no sense, but are you ready? Wipe your feet on the mat and step into my brain. I have a love-hate relationship with Matt LeBlanc. If you couldn't already tell, I called him smelly and not interesting. I cherish Joey in my brain and I want him to stay that way. I want him in Central Perk forever. However, I'm also fucking sick of Matt LeBlanc. In my mind, I gave him a shot. One shot with that sitcom Joey. Do you remember Joey? Of course you don't because it was a bust. No, Matt LeBlanc is ruined for me unless it's a friend's reunion, which is coming out soon on HBO Max. Sorry, Netflix. But also, are you ready for this? Here's some tea on the Friends reunion. The main cast will reunite, revisit the set, have surprises, and share behind the scenes footage, but they won't be portraying their original characters. They'll simply be appearing as themselves. What kind of fucked up baiting have they done to us for years? This is not, no, this is not what we signed up for. This is not what we wanted. Are we still going to watch? Of course we are. HBO Max explained in a statement, lastly, in order to avoid any misunderstanding about what is happening,
happening, we want to make it very clear that this is not a new original episode of the series. The cast will be appearing as themselves, not as their beloved characters. Why? Like, that's great and all, and I'm happy, and I'm again, I'm still going to fucking watch it, but that's not what we wanted. We wanted an episode. We wanted just a two-hour episode, possibly a movie, even if it was a one-hour special, just to catch up on their lives. Just dip us into the lives. We don't need any explanation. We can put the pieces together of the puzzle ourselves. We just want to know what Chandler Bing is up to. Why is that so hard? Still gonna watch it. And of course, they're calling it the one where they get back together. Fucking, no, it's not. It made me so mad when I heard about that, whatever. And to the surprise of no one, Episodes does not have a TikTok standum. So the fandom standum gets a zero. Next on the list, next, next, next is Orange is the New Black. Let me read you the plot. Piper Chapman is a public relations executive with a career and fiance, I'm already bored, a career and fiance when her past suddenly catches up to her. In her mid-30s, she is sentenced to spend time in a maximum security women's prison in Connecticut for her association with a drug runner 10 years earlier. Forced to trade power suits for prison orange. (laughs) Chapman makes her way through the correction system and adjusts to life behind bars, making friends with many eccentric, unusual, and unexpected people she meets. Guys, I know this is an OG Netflix show. I wish I had something more to say than it just looks and was the first six minutes I watched. So boring to me. I don't think I know one other person who hasn't watched this show. Uh, It seems popular. And it's just one of those shows like The Office that people who know and love have this crazy ass fandom. I love Laura Prepon. I have actively purchased every episode of that 70s show. But unfortunately, my love for her did not translate. I just didn't get it. I know that a lot of times you have to sort through the first few episodes, but I just couldn't get there and I'm not going to force myself to. It didn't seem funny to me. And from what I read, the last few seasons were kind of trash anyway. That seems to be the consensus, but you know, obviously that's subjective. It's a beautiful cast and I know they've done so much good, but I'm just not into the show. I don't have long-winded explanations for most of these. I just feel like I need to get my anti-watches out there, my anti-fandoms. I have a feeling that this has made it to tick. Yep, okay. Yo, yeah. Oh, this goes hard. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, th- this is a diehard fandom. Okay, 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 okay. I'm not comfortable giving it a 10, like a Twitalk 10 fandom, but I can give this a solid 9.5, okay? Orange talk, is that what it's called? Orange talk? That's what I'll call it. Ooh. Oof, this next one. I feel like people are so protective of this show. Please don't hate me. I don't find Arrested Development funny in any way, shape, or form. I find it pretentious in that, "Uh aha, I'm really clever kind of way. But again, I've only watched the first episode. So take my opinion with a grain of salt. I could be wrong. I have been told by many people that I am. Every time I'm having like a conversation with somebody about television shows, which quite clearly I do often, here I am fucking talking to myself about television shows and coffee. You don't think I'm talking to people in my life about television shows? You're fucking wrong. But they all have the same thing. They're like, oh my God, no, you just have to give it a few episodes. Oh my God, no, you just have to get into it. It takes a minute. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. but I never get around to it. I just don't. I just, I just, I'd rather watch The Office six million times because it's actually fucking timeless and funny. All right, let's read this. Michael Bluth, 
finds himself forced to stay in Orange County and run the family real estate business after his father, George Blue Sr., is sent to prison for committing white-collar crime. He tries to juggle the wants and needs of his spoiled and eccentric family while being a good role model for his teenage son, George Michael. Love the name. Great name. Love some George Michael. His cover of Somebody to Love. Oh, chef's kiss. I hated that narrator shit. I don't need that in my life. I, I don't know if that continues throughout the show, but after a few minutes of fucking dealing with that, I was over it. I just didn't get it. I felt like I wasn't smart enough for it. I, I, I don't know. My minimal intellect and low bar for comedy stops at like Big Mouth and The Office and Family Guy. I want to read reviews. This has been like my new thing. I love reading reviews. We will look at fandoms too, but come on Google reviews. Oh my God, another long running show, huh? Maybe I just have horrendous taste. That is absolutely possible. It wouldn't be news to me. All right, let me read this. I'm going to be honest. When I first found this show, it looked like it was going to be pretty average, but after investing into the first five episodes, I kept watching and before I knew it, I had finished three seasons. That was me with Castlevania. It is so interesting and I would say has a completely unique take on comedy. At its core, it's about a very dysfunctional group of people, but the essence of the show is that they stick together no matter what because they're family. Aw, you spelled family wrong. This comedy is top notch. I feel like Office fans could appreciate this show. No, I'm done reading that. No. Okay, let me speak explicitly as an Office fan. Truth be told, a hardcore, non-casual, intense Office fan. I'm not like, oh, I watched it, you know, once and that was fine and I liked the last. No, I have a glitter shifting pillow of prison mic just for context so you know who you're dealing with um I take total offense but I can see once again giving it some time to get invested but I do that with shows all the time I'm not opposed to giving things a moment to grow on me as I've said but there has to be a shred of hope a little bit of interest and I just can't conjure that for Arrested Development I do like that meme though what what's the one that's like good for her that that older woman Jessica Walter I believe is her name I know she had just passed away so you know rest in peace Jessica Walter I'm sure she was a lovely bright light on the set she is now living eternally in a meme and that's what everyone could hope for right let's see if this stood the test of time on TikTok nah not really it's not popping off on the Arrested Development TikTok, but there's a few. They have one with driver's license playing, something with a car crashing into a party of sorts. All right, bravo. The Zoomers have anointed you with Olivia Rodrigo magic. So, you know, at least a two out of 10. There you go. Just because Olivia Rodrigo's intermixed. All right, guys, I pushed this off long enough. Let me, let me take a big swig of coffee first before I do this. You knew this was coming. You knew. We talked about this in one of the last episodes. So I won't go crazy. But just to remind you, this is the series that inspired this entire episode. We're going to start off with the positives. The name Jughead is dope. I like the foggy scenes. That looked cool. Archie is a cool name as well. And uh, everyone on the show is gorgeous. They're all beautiful. Uh, That's as far as it goes. Oh, did I mention this is Riverdale? I don't think I did. Did I even need to mention it? I don't think so. If you've been listening to this show for even one or two episodes. I feel like I talk about how much I fucking hate Riverdale in every single episode. Just in case this is the episode you're dipping your toes into, we talk a lot about hating Riverdale on this podcast. And when I say we, I mean me. Here's the plot. Archie Andrews starts the school year with the world weighing on his shoulders. He's decided he wants to pursue a future in music business, but his recently ended clandestine relationship with the music teacher, ooh, that sounds scandalous, has left him without a mentor. And his friendship with Jughead Jones... (laughs) 
I know it's like a comic, but still, it's a great name, is in a bad place. Things look like they might be turning around when Veronica Lodge, a new girl, arrives. Despite the instant chemistry, Veronica is hesitant to risk a friendship with Betty, who has a crush on Archie, to pursue anything. I'm getting confused reading this, but it all sounds like a bunch of trash. Amidst all the small town banality lurks a mystery, the recent tragic death of Jason Blossom, the twin brother of the beautiful and popular troublemaker Cheryl. It's like deja vu fucking speaking of Olivia Rodrigo. Great song, by the way. Did that not give you Cruel Summer vibes when that came out? And I'm not like a Swifty by any means, but I've been super fucking excited for her vault music. Her personality, I don't love it. I really don't, but I go fucking hard for her music. Do you see how fucking badly I don't want to talk about Riverdale? Do you see this shit? We're talking about Taylor fucking Swift and Olivia Rodrigo. Anyways, Riverdale sucks. It's corny. It's dumb. I took a poll on my personal Instagram just to see how like people I knew interacted with the show. And it was 50 fucking 50. Like people either loved it or hated it, which I wasn't expecting. I thought everyone loved this shit. So I felt somewhat better. But man, that 50%, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Let's look at this dumbass fandom. I need to know why people like this show. Okay, it's mostly like fan edits of that pretty redhead girl. I don't know her name, but what the fuck is this? This Jughead fella, the Cole Sprouse guy, just making faces and being handsome and whatnot and Sully from Monsters, Inc. fangirling over him to a cover of I Love You Like a Love Song. Interesting. Okay, TikTok's a great place, guys. Fuck, this is this is a TwiTalk 10. This is a 10 on the fandom scale. Should I be scared? How hard did these kids go? I get the why though, like on the surface. I feel like any show with pretty people and a decent plot, I said decent and I'm, I'm being generous. I don't know why, but I guess that can sort of wave a magic wand on people and create a hardcore fandom. This is insane. I had no idea this part of the world existed. These fucking Jughead Jones fans. Get me the fuck out. What's what's next on my list here? Okay, this is my last one. 13 reasons why. This is going to be a rant. This, this is going to be me being a sensitive little snowflake. So please let me have my moment. I don't care. You can disagree. Obviously, that's fine but I got pretty worked up when this aired. I obviously want to give a trigger warning for self-harm and suicide because I will be discussing those things because they are a big part of 13 Reasons Why. And let me reiterate my thoughts on people who think trigger warnings are dumb and going too far. No, it's being considerate. It takes five seconds to express it before a conversation that could seriously trigger someone. Five seconds that could save someone a long period of hurt and pain. You never know what people struggle with. These are sensitive topics and how fortunate are you that you don't have to worry about something seemingly small triggering your brain into bad thoughts. I'm sure the people who get triggered wish they had that luxury, but alas, they don't. It's consideration, that's all. Take a seat, we're gonna discuss now. Newcomer Katherine Langford plays the role of Hannah, a young woman who takes her own life. Two weeks after her tragic death, a classmate named Clay finds a mysterious box on his porch. Inside the box are recordings made by Hannah, on whom Clay had a crush, in which she explains the 13 reasons why she chose to commit suicide. If Clay decides to listen to the recordings, he will find out if and how he made the list. This intricate and heart-wrenching tale is told through Clay and Hannah's dual narratives. Why? Who? Who decided this was a good idea? I actually found an article that really articulates my thoughts in a much clearer way, so I want to share some excerpts from it. This is from Psychology Today, written by Alana Premack Sandler, LCSWMPH. Uh, Please hold, I need clarification on those letters. Your girl went to cosmetology school. 
So I don't know what these letters mean. Okay. She's a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in public health, I believe. Apologies if that's incorrect, but that's just what I have in front of me. Suicide is not the ultimate F you left to all people you leave behind. Yes, people who are affected by a suicide will remember the person who died, but suicide does not exact revenge. Some describe, quote, the ultimate fantasy of teen suicidal ideation, unquote, and there's something to that. The problem with that ultimate fantasy is that it's just that. Hannah's life cannot be changed by her death, and because she takes her own life, she doesn't get to find out the end of her own story. 13 Reasons Why doesn't show what people can do to help prevent a suicide death. There isn't any one thing, but there are a lot of things that can help provide support for people with suicide risk. Quote, the audience is shown what not to do without examples of what they actually should do, unquote. Imagine if all of the 13 reasons why viewers got to see an adult doing a good job of supporting a teen in crisis or another teen saying, I'm here for you and will go with you to get help. 13 reasons why can be very hard, even traumatizing to watch. This is why I haven't watched it. There are ways to tell a story about suicide that are compassionate and do not trigger high levels of emotional distress. 13 reasons why graphically portrays an act of suicide, a portrayal which is not safe for viewers and does not fit within the best practices for media representations of suicide. 13 Reasons Why portrays the idea that a lot of thought goes into suicide attempt. So much thought, one would have the time to make tapes about all of the ways that they have felt wrong. Though taking one's life is often considered for a long period of time by those struggling with suicidal thinking, the process that Hannah engages in is not reflective of what people most often experience when they are thinking about suicide. Quote, it is unrealistic for someone, especially a teenager in the midst of an emotional crisis, to construct an elaborate series of tapes, all the while maintaining a sarcastic, witty, and glib tone towards people she blames for her decision to end her life, unquote. This sounds just awful. I have not watched it. I haven't watched a single minuscule second of this show. I don't know how it has more than one season. I don't know why anyone with a fully formed brain likes the show or thinks it's okay. Quote, the show doesn't talk about mental illness or depression, doesn't name those words, unquote. By presenting suicide as the only option in Hannah's situation, we know the ending from the beginning. 13 Reasons Why doesn't tell the much more common story of people living with, struggling with, but living with, difficult emotions and experiences and figuring out with support and help from others how to survive. However, I will say I'm happy this opens up a conversation about mental health and suicide and all things in between. I honestly have no idea what this show is about beyond that description. Again, I avoided all parts of this show. I have never and will never like this show. I don't need to watch it to know that. I will not watch a moment of it. Shows like this really send me into a bad headspace. The only show that I can say has sent me into a bad place, but I still enjoyed it, was Euphoria. I can't explain why. I think Euphoria does a much better job at handling the gravity of a dark situation. And Sam Levinson is a fucking genius and knows how to make art real because he roots it in their real life and his real life. Euphoria is also geared towards adults where I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like 13 Reasons Why this shit seems like it's for teenagers and that makes me feel really icky. In a protective way, I know kids know about this stuff. I know kids aren't dumb, especially teenagers in 2021. They're not stupid. They have access to all sorts of information. They are so open-minded. I understand that they are very smart, but glorifying suicide as an FU and to use it as a solution 
solution. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't get down with that. Maybe I'm wrong about this show and I'm open to being wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, regardless, I'm not watching. I hate that I'm ending this on a darker note with 13 Reasons Why but I'm happy that it opens up a conversation. That's the only positive note I can give it. And that leads me into the awkward segue of my happy little intro outro music. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I know this went from zero to 100 real quick, but I want to plug one more thing on that serious note, and that's mental health resources. If you go to samhsa.gov, that's like samhsa.gov, you will be able to find treatment for things such as alcohol, tobacco, drugs, etc., behavioral health, disaster distress, and much more. They also have a national helpline, 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. That is the SAMHSA's national helpline is free. It's confidential. It's open 24-7, 365 days a year for treatment referrals and information services in English and in Spanish for individuals and families facing mental health and or substance use disorders. Reach out, get help if you need it. Share the information with someone who needs it. You don't have to do it alone. I personally felt a weight lifted off my shoulders when I reached out. When I reached out and got help for resources, I felt a weight lifted off of my shoulders. I can't even express how good it feels to not have to do it alone. These people want to help you. And I don't know if I ever would have gotten out of that dark place if I had not reached out for professional help. I still struggle. I still have bad days. I have come so far, but I still have farther to go. But I am only this far because I accepted help. And I am absolutely proud to say that. It's a big step accepting help. It's a hard step, but it's a big step. And I'm proud of you for taking that step. That being said, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening in. I started shady. I ended sentimental. We have been on an emotional roller coaster. I need another cup of coffee. So I'm going to go get that and start my day. Stay caffeinated. Stay streaming. Stay strong, guys. (laughs) 